0: God bless you. It's good to be here with you this evening. Do you mind just hanging on for a minute or two? We'll sing one more song after. Um, Just so happy to be here with you. Trusting you're all doing well. Amen. Amen. We love you all very much. And just want to thank you again for your love and support. We had some nice visitors come over and spend the weekend with us and stuff. So that's been nice. And texts and emails. And we're just happy and excited for what the Lord is doing in our lives. Happy to be here too on Mother's Day weekend. I I know a lot has already been said about mothers. And um, I just wanted to mention one aspect of Mother's Day. Um, I was thinking about how um, I love my mom very much. My mom's very special, and uh, she has characteristics that are even rare amongst message believers. Though you find them amongst us, but just how God shapes character. And I was thinking about how I love her, but I was thinking about how, um, maybe this might help a mom, maybe not, but you know, my relationship, or how I view my mom now is different than it was. So as you're raising your kids, just keep in mind that your children's perspective will change. When your children are first born, they mainly your relationship with them is milk and diapers and all this, and then it, it, their relationship with you changes. Yeah. Then you have these teenage years, <laughs> where I wasn't the most fun teenager for my mom. Though she looks back now and says, "You guys were so good and you guys were so easy." And I, I think, no, no, we weren't. But <laughs> it's funny how you interpret the past sometimes. If the present is positive, you interpret the past as positive too. But but um, just to keep in mind as you're raising your children that teenagers and so forth, uh, that's just one part of their journey. And it's, I just want to encourage you to love them even in those up and down times because it won't always be like that. Uh, we, we won't, our children won't stay as teenagers. I just want to encourage you to love them with all that you can to lo- keep loving your kids. And as teenagers and sons and daughters, just make sure we love our parents. Yeah. Amen? It's one thing to give flowers and cards, and that's great and that's wonderful, but... Uh, may we turn up the love and just really appreciate and uh, honor one another. When the children come to the point when they start heaping honor on their parents, that's a good thing. And when the children can uh, say, uh, my mom and dad are wonderful, that's when you've come to a, a, good, a good spot in life. Amen? You don't ever want to call your mom or your dad, you know, they're my old man, or they're this, or they're that, you know? You want to have a good relationship. You know, when I moved, it's the old adage, brother, and you know, I moved out of my parents' place and... Uh, A couple years later, I go back and visit them and I'm amazed how much they've learned while I've been gone. (laughs) But it's us. It's us that are learning. And our parents and our our mom and dad, they have so much to offer us. Right? And so uh, I just wanted to add that for whatever reason. I was just thinking about it. But maybe we can stand to our feet if you don't mind. Maybe we can just sing one more song. Shine on me. Lord, shine on me. Let the light from the lighthouse shine on me. I think it's song four. Ryan, can help me? Hallelujah. Maybe with that, we'll turn to our Bibles if you have one. Thank you, musicians. Psalms 62. We'll go to Psalms 62 and then we'll go to John 11. Very, 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 very simple thought tonight. I want to speak about... um, Reevaluating our expectation. Okay? So, reevaluating our expectation. So, Psalms 62, start at verse 5. My soul, wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense, I shall not be moved. In God is my salvation and my glory, the rock of my strength, and my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, ye people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Selah. Hallelujah. John chapter 11, if you don't mind. Um, We'll read... Start at verse 20. This is the story of Lazarus. So I'm just kind of jumping in the middle of it. Then Martha, John 11:20. Then Martha, as soon as she had heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou will ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. Let's have a word of prayer. Precious Lord Jesus, we're so thankful for your goodness, your mercy in our lives. Lord, without you, where would we be? We're just thankful to be here because of you. Lord, once more, may we just open up the word to our hearts, Lord. We need you, Father. You're the one that we want and desire and long to be with, Lord. We're chasing after the one whom our soul loves. And Lord, we know that you will be found of us, Lord. You're not hiding, you'll make yourself known, Lord. So in the evening time, Mother's Day, Lord, it's humid outside and people ate probably, but Lord, may you just come, open up something to our hearts to strengthen us for the journey ahead. Help us, all our spirits, just calm down, relax, just be able to enjoy the moment, be in the present, Father, be able to catch something from the Word. We commit ourselves to you, praying you wash us, cleanse us, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can I have your seats? All right. So I, um, I spoke about this a little bit in Victoria, and I didn't think I would speak about it here, but I just uh, the more I looked at it, the more I wanted to go back into it. Hallelujah. So reevaluating our expectation. Um, expectation, it's a strong belief that something will happen or be the case in the future. Okay, I know. A strong belief that something will happen or it will be the case in the future. And it's a big topic. I mean, I don't claim to know half of it, or even 5% about expectation, but our life is full of expectation. Even as you sit here right now, you have expectation for the week ahead. You have expectation that tomorrow you're gonna wake up, you're gonna go to school, or you're gonna go to work. You have all these expectations uh, in your heart and in your mind. We, we're, our life is so connected with what we expect. And the world wants to capture us, wants to capture our expectation where it's always connected with consumerism. You know, with the next product, the next phone, uh, the next movie, the next this, the next that, the next royal wedding, or whatever. It's trying to capture our mind to be in line with their expectation, right? But I want my expectation to be word expectation, (laughs) all right? We need to make sure that our expectations are scriptural, right? And so we want to reevaluate our expectations this evening and expand them, okay? I find that uh, our expectations can become very narrow by accident. And so we need, to, we need to say, Lord, don't let my expectations be narrow. I mean, we're, we're talking about God. <laughs> we're not talking about another man, you know, or just, just a book. We're talking about God. And so we don't want to end up like the, the, the old parable of the, the six blind men who grab a hold of the elephant. Right? One blind guy, he grabs the tusk. And his description of the, of the elephant is, oh, it, it's a hard rough thing, and it's got a point on the end, and no, no, the other blind guy who has an ear says, no, it's big and it's floppy, and the other blind guy who has a tail, he describes it that way, so they're all describing one part of the elephant, and they think their part is correct, but they're blind, but there's much more to an elephant than just a tusk, right, and so there's much more sometimes to a, this topic of expectation, or to anything, so we don't want to get too hung up sometimes on just one part of something, and think that's all there is to it, all right, there's always more. And so I find our expectations sometimes can get very narrow. Sometimes we just get locked into, you know, you get what you expect. And, you know, are you, are you expecting? You get what you expect. Or, you know, did you put your order in? And there's elements of truth to that, but that's not all there is to it. Right? God's not limited. God's not limited to just our expectations. Right? And God's not just a chef of, of like a restaurant owner. You know, we want a hamburger, so God gives us a hamburger. Right? God's not limited to just my expectations. Right? He's so much bigger and so much wider and so much deeper than just my expectations. So let's keep in mind that this is very simple, but God's not limited. And there's an element of truth to getting what you expect. Like uh, in Luke 11, Jesus says, you know, you being a parent, if your son asks you for a fish... Or for bread, you're not going to give them a scorpion. You're not going to give them a serpent. And how much more your heavenly Father gives the Holy Ghost to them that ask them, right? But we don't want to just get so narrowed down to think that God can only meet my expectations, <laughs> right? To think that all all's God capable of doing is just meeting my expectations, right? God's bigger, wider, and deeper. And we're living with a God as Bill Graham preaches a service, you know, the unchangeable God working in unexpected ways. So we need to open up our hearts and minds and say, God, you can do anything. All things are possible to them that believeth. So Lord, don't let me get limited just thinking that you can only do what I expect. And don't let let us try and make God an errand boy. Right? He's not a mascot or an errand boy just, you know, running around doing this and running around doing that. He's God. And so we want to make sure that we let God be God. Right? And let our expectations of him be wider. There's a quote in that message I just referred to. Brother Graham says, How many times could I stop and for days tell the experience? When I go to the woods to seek the Lord, the briars scratch me, the birds annoy me, the mosquitoes bite me. That's just when God is fixing to do something then. Hallelujah. I love that. I love all like, these nature quotes. You know, I'm just a sucker for quotes about mosquitoes and plants and stuff. Now look at Moses, Moses this old great sheep herder now, he was already 80 years old, he was 40 before he took his stand for God and then he herded sheep out there and I guess he was 40 years in the desert and he was getting to be an old man, perhaps grey whiskers, long flowing grey hair and there he was and here he was, not in church, he was under Mount Horeb and God never came down through a sermon but in a burning bush. See, an unexpected time, unexpected place, and an unexpected way. I love that. God's not limited to just sermons or just church. He can do anything, anytime, place, anywhere. Hallelujah. And not always when we're expecting it. You can be in the most driest time of your life, dark time, so depressed, you think God's so far away, and there he is. Amen. Brother Ram says why Moses thought God would meet him, meet him out there with a, a sword or whatever and that he killed the Egyptian with. Right? So Moses was under this promise of his mom telling him that he was a special boy, he was raised to be a deliverer. And so Moses got under this inspiration, you know, maybe I'm supposed to lead them out while he was in Egypt, while he was a military man. Maybe that was his intellectual expectation. But that's not how God was going to work through him. Right? He let him get old. But God met him not in church, but under the mountain. God met him not in the hymns, but in a burning bush. And not when he was a young man, but when he was an old man. God called him after he was 80 years old. Think of it. So sometimes we think because we're 35, I'm 35, or 40, whatever you are, you're never too old. You've got a soul that's got to live forever. So just remember, it's always that way. God, the unchangeable God, in an unexpected time, an unexpected way, and an unexpected place. Hallelujah. Now this is very simple, but it's good just to do a topical study sometimes, the message. And that's not, just a, it's not a, just a dry theological thing. It's good just to sit down and study. All right? But time and time again, we've seen people say a winter camp or a summer camp. Afterwards, we have a testimony meetings. And so many young people come up and say, you know, I, I really didn't want to go to camp, but God met me. Right? So God can meet us even our expectations are zero, or we have none, or we don't even want God. Because young people in the message, they're going to go through times where they want nothing to do with God, and they want nothing to do with church. You know, welcome to being human, right? It's not going to always be a smooth transition into being a Christian, just because you're raised in a Christian home. It could be a lot of, it could be a mess. <laughs> but even those times when you're, you, you, you don't want God, you don't want to go to church, God's aware. Hallelujah. God's mindful. I love it. I'm so glad God knows our thoughts. Even when our thoughts are wrong, that God knows them. And God has this quality of being long-suffering. Oh, my. The long-suffering and mercy of God in our lives. (laughs) So many times, you know, it'd be so easy to have written us off, but God, if we're his son, if we're his daughter, that grace is so bigger than our human grace, so much bigger than our Christian grace. We think we're graceful, but God is much more gracious. All right? So we need to understand that, you know, our children are going to have those times where they're not going to want to come to church and different things like that. And you know what? We've got to be careful we don't produce rebels. I was, I was watching just this teacher the other day, the way he was talking to some teenagers, and I don't think he saw me, but I thought to myself, this teacher is creating rebels, not a BCA. This is just over where I, on the island. <laughs> but I was, just sitting, I was sitting there just having my lunch, and I was watching him. Okay, these are probably three kids, and they have, naturally they're probably pretty funny. So they did something funny, and the teacher uh, kicked them off the, the field, then he came over to them, he was just berating them, and just making them, it uh, was just uh, bad. And I thought to myself, you're, you're taking these kids who are probably class clowns, or whatever, and you're pushing them into rebels, right? Because the teacher had some sort of complex, or something, or doesn't know how to, how to discipline, but it's, he's partly guilty for making these kids more rebels. Right? Rather than befriending them, like when Rebecca, Brother Ram's daughter, was going through her rebellion stage, and Brother Ram says to his wife, she needs a buddy right now. Right? So we need to make sure that, Lord, help. Give us wisdom in raising our kids. Let us not be guilty for producing rebels. They need friends. They need someone they can talk to, and someone who they can say, I'm struggling with this, and not just for us to give them a hard hand. Right? We all had struggles growing up. You're coming to this world, and it's so big, and it's so vast, and you have so many questions right? And that's normal. You're not weird for having questions, right? Oh my. So we need to realize that God's able to meet and go above and beyond our expectations. He's not limited. He's not limited to whatever situation that we're in. Even if you look at um, different scriptures in the Bible, so our expectation needs to be scriptural, but it also needs to have God's interpretation with it. You can think of Isaiah 40, right? The prophecy of John the Baptist. You know, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Every high mountain shall be made low, right? Everything crooked shall be made straight, and the glory of the Lord shall be seen. So all these studious Jews had this expectation of what this forerunner would be like, right? Every high hill shall be made low. Wow, this guy's going to be incredible. But then here comes John the Baptist, right? Wearing camel skins, eating locusts, and wild honey. Can you imagine watching that guy in the woods? How did he get the locusts, right? I don't think he was just buying them at the market. He was probably hunting them, right? How did he get the honey, right? He knew how to deal with these bees. This is an odd guy, right? So people's expectation of this forerunner was probably not John the Baptist, right? People's expectation of what the Messiah was was probably not Jesus, right? They wanted him to be some military man to help drive back the Roman Empire, But that's not what he did. But he was still the Messiah. So, our expectations of what God's going to do need to be scriptural, but with his interpretation. All right? So, let's make sure that our expectations are scriptural. All right? And we're not coming up with some far fetched interpretation. I think it's good to to think big and to, to aim for the stars and so forth, but also to rejoice and embrace God's simplicity. All right? A lot of times we're thinking of big and vast and something great and something loud. But God's often, so often coming in simplicity. Hallelujah. Some people, as they're coming to the Lord in salvation and to be repent and to be baptized, maybe they're expecting something you know, big to happen to them when they're baptized. But God wants to change their heart. And it's not always big and loud and fireworks. And, but if you have an expectation of big and loud and fireworks, you're always going to wonder, am I saved or not I saved? Right? So why do we have big firework expectations? Right? we got to make sure we're not Pentecostal, scriptural, right? Not always something wild and loud and noise, right? When it, those 3,000 souls were baptized in the day of Pentecost, it was, God was moving, but not, not every one of those people I don't believe was like loud and wild. They were baptized, and they continued in the apostles' doctrine. They continued in fellowship and the breaking of breads. That was a sign of their heart being changed. It's that simple, right? And you give your heart to the Lord, you're baptized, and you make your confession and so forth, God changes your heart. And that's wonderful. <laughs> but it's simple. Right? But if our expectations are something big and something loud and something crazy and no, simple. Simplicity. Right? So we need to make reevaluate our expectations of what we think God's gonna do in our lives. Right? <laughs> oh my, God's hidden and revealed in simplicity. Hallelujah. And God's will is, you know, it's so often revealed to you and I in portions. Just reveals a little at a time, and a little bit at a time. We should be thankful for that. Whenever God brings something to us, thank you, Lord. Right? You and I aren't built to understand every mystery of God. God's so vast, and God's so big, and God, right? God reveals what we can handle. And there's things that right now we can't handle, but down the road you can. Right? But he knows what we can take and when we can take it. Hallelujah. Let our expectations be scriptural, Lord Jesus. sorry for so much water because as humans it's very easy for us to get in the flesh and to have some kind of false expectation right like the story in Jeremiah 28 when Jeremiah says you know thus saith the Lord 70 years will be in Babylon and then get, we'll come back after 70 years and Hananiah gets up there oh in two years the, the yoke will be broken from Nebuchadnezzar and he takes that he takes that yoke that's on Jeremiah's and he breaks it and says thus saith the Lord in two years everything will be returned and Jeremiah's like you know amen <laughs> but I don't believe the Lord spoke to you, right? So God has chosen vessels to help chisel out the expectation, and Hananiah was not one, but I imagine his speech, his sermon, his thus said the Lord was super dramatic because he was in the presence of all the people. He was in the presence of all the priests, takes this yoke and breaks it, and everyone's like, wow, he was inspired. He was inspired, he was inspired, but it wasn't God. <laughs> so there he was in the presence of all the people, and Jeremiah, it was probably embarrassing, Right? This guy's coming with a prophecy that's different than Jeremiah's. Right? But God was with Jeremiah. God was not with Hananiah. Right? So just because someone's loud and different things like that and lots of, you know, smashing, doesn't mean that's God. You've got to be able to recognize God's chosen vessels. Right? And they'll line up with the word of God. Hallelujah. So let's make sure, you know, we can have, you know, all sorts of feelings and visions. I expect this to happen and I expect that to happen. Well, why do you expect that to happen? Why well, have this feeling? Well, it's a feeling. <laughs> feelings are good but feelings can be deceiving right it's much easier to rest in the word yeah. Hallelujah. some people you know revival and revival and revival why do you expect a big revival well, I, I want one What what's that going to do with anything right the revival in North America is over right but thankful that God's still moving in our hearts but we're not going to see a big global revival in North America like Azusa Street and Walsh revival I, I would love to see that but it's not going to happen God can move in our lives and move in our midst and so forth, but to expect something like the Walsh Revival or Azusa Street, you know, and other churches, they're calling for that. God's going to move on America, and God's going to do this, and we're going to prosper. It's false prophecy, right? Creating false expectation upon the people. Let our expectations be scriptural, right? All sorts of people creating all sorts of date predictions, you know? This year is the end of the world, and this year is the end of the world, and this year is the end of the world. Based upon math, well, it's doing math of the Hebrew words, and the H means this, and you take it all together, and it comes up with 2018 and April 23rd. Whoops, it's gone already. Oh, well, let's do some more math. How can you come up with date predicting based upon math like that? It's foolish, but people, they make big, they, they write books and sell books, right? And, wow, this is, you know, can you believe it? People sell everything, and they, they buy posters, and you are 2014, this is the end of the world, comes and goes. And people are standing there, and they sold everything to promote some guy's date based upon math. It's crazy. God, let me be scriptural. You sent a prophet so I can understand the word of God and not be tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine, every emotion, every feeling, and every dream. No, thank you. I want to be rooted and grounded in Christ. It's okay to be simple. Right? There's nothing wrong with a simple, rugged Christian life. Hallelujah. It's still in style. (laughs) And people can have, you know, big, oh, I think this, and I think that. Well, that's great, and that's wonderful. And like Jeremiah, amen. But I don't think so. <laughs> right? Because the Word says. I can read the Word. I can get in the message. Right? That's the beautiful thing. We can search for ourselves in, in plain language. Hallelujah. I'm so glad it's in plain language. You know, different ones. Myself, too. You know, you go, Yo watch out, you know, North Korea, North Korea. Brother Bram says nothing about Korea, except he mentions about the Korean War in the 50s, I think. Right, so, you know, North Korea, North Korea. Well, North Korea, what's happening there now? It's pretty amazing as far as possible peaceful negotiations. But Brother Bram didn't say nothing about North Korea. So watch Russia. Keep your eye on Israel. Right, he, he, he identified the major players to be watching. But we don't need, you don't, don't need to be, you know, watching, you know, watch Greenland. Look what's happening in Greenland. Well, as far as major prophecy, we don't need to worry about Greenland, right? God bless the people in Greenland, okay? But there's nothing major in prophecy about them, okay? But we can get distracted over here and distracted over here and distracted over here. And it's like, (laughs) I'm not always looking for something new, right? Some kind of new revelation or new, oh, I'm so excited about this. And it's like, well, we've had the word. We have the word. I'm satisfied with that. Right? I'm not always chasing some other experience of this. It's like, I love the Lord. Amen. Amen. I love His Word. Amen. He's real in my life. Amen. I don't always need to, you know, you know, p- pump up the feeling meter. You know, I haven't had my hair stand up on my neck for a while now. You know, something's got to happen. Ah, you know, maybe when I was in my early 20s, I, yeah, I, you know, come on, you know, you're, you're energetic. You know? Maybe I'm getting old and tired, but <laughs> I just want reality. Hallelujah. Is it wrong to want reality? You know, Lord, I want what's real. I want what's balanced. I want what's true. Is that so wrong? <laughs> no. Amen. So let's let God be God. He gave us the word. He's given us what we need. He's given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. Hallelujah. Because man can get so smart. Man thinks they're so smart. Right? And they're always trying to, you know, man... In the 16th and 17th century, man was getting so scientific, right? Everything's got to be proven by this and that, math. Nothing wrong with math, if you like math. Physics and science and experiments and vials. So everything has to be so intellectual. So we can be guilty of that also. Trying to always, you know, dissect God. And to put definition and boundaries about God that we don't need to. Right. Right? It's okay to not understand, but believe. Amen? And to have faith and to to, to love God who you can't fully explain. I'm so glad we can't fully explain God. (laughs) He's so much bigger and wider and greater. Hallelujah. And you know, there's a lot of things that's hard to predict, right? It's hard to predict what's going to happen. Certain specifics of life and in our lives, it's hard to predict what's going to happen. Like, You know, I expect this to happen in my life, or I expect this to happen in my life, or your life. It's hard to predict, because things change. Things can change in a moment in our lives that we didn't expect, and then everything is different, right? And so we have expectations that are on our heart, and that's good. But I was just thinking about this. Okay, it's hard to expect what's going to happen, or different things like that, but. I find it so much safer and simpler to expect God to manifest his attributes, okay? How things are all going to unfold and how the the world's going to fully end, all these little details. There's lots of details, okay? But in my life and in your life personally, we can have an expectation for God to manifest his attributes because God has these qualities. God has these characteristics inside of himself, and he can't help from expressing them and from sharing them. Like, in God is an attribute of mercy, he can't help but share that quality of mercy with us. In God, he's a healer, so he can't help but heal. In God, is a savior, so he wants to save. So in our lives, when we're walking around in our day-to-day lives, you can expect, God, you can't help but express your attributes. Right? Even when Cain was doing wrong and he wouldn't repent, right? even God came to him and says, Cain, do what your brother does and you'll be accepted. Right? Even Cain... God was willing to come to and share grace, but Cain would not receive, right? How much more with our children, his children, who will receive his attributes, his grace and his mercy. Oh my, you can go about your daily life and expect God to manifest his attributes. Whatever you're going through, he's a healer, he's a savior, he's a deliverer, he's a father, he's a counselor, he's a provider. How, how's God going to provide? I don't, you know, you have a need in your life, God, how are we going to provide Sometimes you don't know how he's going to provide. But there's a quality inside of him that he can't help but express and be a provider. So, hallelujah. It's like, Lord, I don't know how you can do this or how you can do that, but I'm so thankful for who you are. And time and time again, God will manifest his attributes. Because God's identified by his characteristics. So, you you and I need to get used to his characteristics. You know? This is very simple. You know, sometimes we struggle with, you know, I don't really know if God's a healer or not. Is God a healer? Is God not? In, in, in my life, you know? Whenever I get, get sick now, I, I think to myself, do I feel in my heart that I'm going to die from this? It's like, no, I don't feel like I'm going to die. Well, then I have faith I'll be healed. What more do you need? It's that simple, and then you come out of it, right? So if you don't have, if you don't have faith when you're sick that you're going to die, then you have faith that you're going to be healed. <laughs> so where'd that faith come from? That's God. He's our healer. And sometimes he'll drop in faith for a miracle, which is instant. God changes the situation. But if there's no faith for a miracle, praise God, there's faith for healing. Alright? God sharing his attributes. So often without big noise and big shouting and big screaming. It's just God manifesting his attributes. Right? There's when the sun is shining on the plants and the sun is shining on the world, as Billy Ram says, you know, you don't hear. All the noise of the water evaporating. Right now, there's so much water evaporating from the earth. Right, God's great power is manifested in silence sometimes. All the water, the liters upon liters upon liters of water right now that's leaving the earth. If man tried to do it, it'd be like, like a big diesel engine trying to make. The, you know, man's loud. God is often he's quiet right? And so we need to not always expecting God to be some big diesel engine, right? He's often manifesting and touching our lives in silence and in simplicity and in quietness when you're driving in your car. Just, Lord, you're aware. You care about my life. You can't help but being God <laughs> and being, God, being my God. Brother Michael, he's your God. It's got to become that personal. He's my God, right? He's my provider, because we can you know, hear stories about you know, so, he's so-and-so's provider. He's so-and-so's healer. He's so-and-so's savior. But he wants to be those things in our lives. All of our lives. He wants to be those things. So, Lord, let me experience more of your attributes. Let me be more aware of it. Hallelujah. Because God, he paid the price at Calvary. Amen? You and I are not the ones who paid the price to be able to receive all these benefits. Praise the Lord. God is identified by his characteristics. Can't help from expressing them. Hallelujah. Now, I just want to bring you through a story for a minute, the story we read about Lazarus, because to me, I just love this. Here we have the story of Jesus. This is one, this is one chapter in the Bible, John chapter 11. I was reading my Bible, I read this chapter, and I thought, wow. I want to take you through the, the, the characters who are around Jesus. The good ones and the bad ones. But look at their expectations. Time and time again, their expectation of what Jesus is going to do is incorrect. And these are some of his disciples that are ones that he loves and so forth. And time and time again, their expectation of what they think Jesus will do is incorrect. Right? So they're, they're viewing Jesus as a, from a human standpoint, which you and I can often do. People get hurt and offended. Why did God do this in my life? Because we can view things so often through a human standpoint. Because we're human. <laughs> we need to realize that we're human still. Right? We can be, we're, like Brother Rams says, there's wheat life on the inside, but it's cuckleberry outside. Right? You can't make the cucklebur wheat until the new body. We're still human. So we need to make sure that, Lord, don't let my human mind dominate my spiritual life. Because right? our human minds are so powerful and strong and like, they're always thinking. <laughs> and so our human thoughts want to dominate our spiritual life. So here I have the story John 11. We're going to go through it if you don't mind. Is that okay? won't be long tonight. But okay, Lazarus is sick. This is a friend of Jesus. So then Mary and Martha send for Jesus to come and heal Lazarus. So they're probably under expectation that, hey, Jesus will come and heal our brother. He, lo- he loves Lazarus. And he's, he's came to other people who he hardly even knew. Just send for Jesus. He'll come and he'll heal Lazarus. So they send for Jesus, but Jesus doesn't come. Right? So already there, they're probably offended a little bit. Why? Right? We, we have hurt feelings about what God does. We need to give God liberty to be himself. And he's always on time. So there they are. Mary and Martha, they send for Jesus. Jesus doesn't come. I'm sure their expectations, they're already hurt. So then he abides two more days where he is. And then Jesus says to the disciples, now it's time to go to Judea. And the disciples, they're thinking that Jesus, if he goes to Judea, Jesus is going to be stoned. So their expectations, if we do that right now, you're going to get stoned. They don't think it's a good idea. And even Thomas, after they, they, they talk back and forth, Thomas says, let us go with Jesus and die. <laughs> so Thomas is going to Jesus on this foot journey like a trooper, thinking he's going to die. When he puts his sandals on his feet that morning, he thinks, yeah, let's go die with Jesus, right? He he wants to be a martyr. His expectation is incorrect of where they're going and what they're going to experience. So on this whole walk, this whole journey, Thomas thinks he's going to be a martyr. Again, incorrect expectation. But they're right there with Jesus. (laughs) These aren't people from far, far away. It's like they're walking together. Jesus knows what he's doing. Thomas has no idea. (laughs) Going to die, right? (laughs) Right? Completely the wrong expectation. It's, it's, it's you and I. Time and time again on our walk, this, this is what's going to happen. But I'm ready to go through it. And God's going to go this way. Right? So Thomas goes there. Let's go die. And S- Lazarus has been in the grave now for four days. And the Jews are there. They're comforting Mary. They're comforting Martha because their brother's dead and so forth. And just, you need to move on with your life. Your brother died. He lived a good life. In the resurrection, he'll come back. And they're comforting Mary and Martha of what to expect for their future life. Right? So Mary and Martha, all of a sudden, they hear that Jesus is coming. So Martha leaves to go see Jesus. But Mary, Mary stays. Why she stayed? I don't know. Maybe she was hurt or offended because Jesus didn't come the first time. But Martha goes and Martha begins to have this, uh, this dialogue with Jesus. Right? Lord, if you had been here, our brother should not have died. Right? And Jesus is saying, your brother shall rise again. Yeah, I know he'll rise at the resurrection. So they're having this dialogue. Jesus is telling her, your brother shall rise again. Yeah, at the resurrection he'll rise. Jesus, no, now. (laughs) This dialogue with God, and she's expecting something completely different. Right? Oh my, God's dealing with our hearts sometimes. He's trying to put in faith. He's trying to deposit faith in our hearts, but we're thinking of something different. Oh, I just love this. Thy brother shall rise. then Martha, she goes to get Mary and to come to Jesus. And again, Mary is weeping also. If thou had, if thou had been here, my brother had not died. So there, I just love this story. There's Jesus. All these people, they're weeping, they're crying, they're sad because their brother is dead, they're confused. And the Bible says Jesus groaned in his spirit. Jesus was troubled. And he says, Where have you laid your brother? He's groaning in his spirit. He's troubled. And the Bible says Jesus wept. Right? And they said, Oh, Behold how he loved Lazarus. but I don't think Jesus was necessarily crying because he loved Lazarus. He's just seeing all these humans not knowing who he was. Not knowing what he could do in their midst. They're, they're troubled and they're this and they're that and they're so hurt and Jesus is groaning. If they only knew who was in their midst. <laughs> Where have you laid your brother? Hallelujah. They're going with Jesus and Jesus, again, he's groaning in his spirit. I just love this. God in flesh with people that he loves and they don't know what he's doing. Oh my, God in our lives. He's with us. And we so often we don't know what he's doing. Right? He's in our lives. He's, when you're going to work tomorrow and so forth, we're troubled, we're confused, we're crying, we're hurt. God's there. <laughs> God has a perfect plan for our lives. But we need our plan to line up with his. Right? There's a quote, I don't know if I'll say it right, but the, the secret of an unsatisfied life lies in an unsurrendered will. That's a Hudson Taylor quote. The secret of an unsatisfied life lies in an unsurrendered will. Right? We're unsatisfied. Just surrender your will to the Lord's. More satisfying. Hallelujah. We have wants and we have desires and we have expectations. Let the Lord work out those expectations in our lives. Amen? And you know, a lot of us, it's 2018. A lot of us, we've been in the message for a long time. And maybe things didn't go the way we were expecting them to go. But praise the Lord anyhow. He deserves worship. Amen. He deserves an incense from our heart that reflects worship and love. Amen. A radiating from our heart. I want the, the, the incense from my heart to be, Lord, I love you. I appreciate you. I believe you have control of my life. I don't want the, the incense from my heart just to be complexes, and I'm no good, and I'm, so-and-so hurt me, and so-and-so did this, and why did my life take this direction? We have those times, okay? But we need to realize God is in a midst. Lo, I am with you always, and I will not leave you comfortless. Behold, the world sees me not, but you'll see me, for I'll be with you, even in you. Did God in flesh say that, or didn't he I'll be with you, even in you. So, Lord, let my expectations be correct. Amen? We're going to have times where we're just, we're just human, right? We get frustrated. We get agitated. But, Lord, constantly help redirect me, recalibrate me to line up with you, Lord. So I just love this. You, you have Jesus at the tomb. He's standing there at the tomb, and he says, remove the stone. Again, this is God in flesh. They've seen him do things before. Remove the stone. And his sister says, well, he's, been the, he's been in there four days. He stinks. Right? They're about to see the most greatest event, one of the most greatest events in history, and they're terrified. <laughs> Don't move the stone. He's going to stink. Jesus said, remove the stone. Their expectations were so human. And they remove the stone, and Jesus prays, you know, thank you, Father, you, you, you hear me always, but for their sakes I'm praying. Lazarus, come forth! And here comes this man in grave clothes out of the tomb. Can you imagine, Daniel? These people, and Jesus says, go and loose him. Yeah. Imagine some of those people who went to go loose Lazarus were a bit disgusted, because... <laughs> They didn't know what to expect when they took off that napkin from his face. You know, they probably expected some skeleton or some zombie-like creature to be underneath that, that cloth. Because even in the midst of this guy coming out of the tomb, he's been there for four days, it's a miracle. I imagine they're still probably like, oh, what is behind here? Ugh! But I'm sure Lazarus looked perfectly normal. Right? <laughs> but God, he's always going above expectations, beyond expectations. He doesn't want us to limit him and just think, you know, you know, God is just this little machine, right? He's amazing, and he's wonderful, and he can do anything. Hallelujah. Can you imagine being there? Your brother comes out of the tomb after four days being in there. This is our God. And you would think, you would think that everybody who was there would become a believer. But they don't. <laughs> so our expectation when God does something, often we think, no, everybody's going to believe because of this. They won't. Right? Even from that moment, some people, they go and tell the Jews and Caiaphas and them, that's when they begin to take counsel. We need to kill this guy. They were there. They saw this man come out of a grave. Right? But there was nothing in them to respond and to become followers of Jesus Christ. Either there's something in people to believe or there's not. And you can't put it there. You can't force it there. Right? So I love that. Resurrection. One of the greatest events. Not everyone believes. Not everyone becomes a follower, right? So our expectations of who's going to follow Jesus and who's not can't just be an emotional, feeling thing, right? Everybody's going to come and everybody's going to be in the rapture. Who says? Right? Those who are going to be there in the rapture is the elect, and either as the prophet says, either you're part of that garment or you're not, right? You take a you take a fabric and you're going to cut a dress, and so you cut the dress, and then you have excess material, and that goes right. That, that's still material, but it's not part of the garment, right? So you can't make somebody elect who's not elect, as much as we would like to. The thing is, if you're elect, you can't stop yourself from being elect. <laughs> if you're a son of God, you can't stop yourself from being a son of God. If you're a daughter of God, you can't stop yourself from being a daughter of God. You can't unmake yourself a daughter of God. Oh my, I was driving in my car the other day. I have great times driving in my car, you know, yeah. <laughs> I was, I was just thinking I said Lord either I'm a son of God or I'm not and if I'm not I never can be but if I am I never can't be <laughs> oh my you talk about eternal security right being a son of God does not depend upon how my revival meter is doing it doesn't I'm a son of God because that's who I am that's who he made us Either he made you that or he didn't. You can rest in that. And you can't miss the rapture if you're the bride. If you're the elect, you can't miss it. Of course, we've got to preach in a certain way, so people want to get into it, but it's for the elect. Hallelujah. The power of God's predestination. Amen? Some some of us come through the water, and some of us through the flood, and some of us through the muck, but God's children are coming. And there's nothing different or more special about, say, my testimony versus somebody who was raised in the message. Or somebody who was raised in the church. There's no difference. Does it doesn't make one more special than the other. I think people who are raised in the message need to stop having this, like, oh, you know, I, don't, I never really had this experience where I went from, like, a drunkard to a non-drunkard. And so, you know, no, it's like, praise God. God allowed me to be raised this way. God made himself real to me, equal. There's no difference. There's no superstar testimony. We're children of God, and He is our Heavenly Father. He is the chief shepherd and bishop of our souls. Hallelujah. And we are brethren. I love it. How he is, he is, he's not ashamed to call Himself brethren, too. Hallelujah. The, the humbleness of God in our lives. So rejoice in what God, if God's done something for you, rejoice in that. And don't always have some expecting of some, oh, I need some kind of super-duper volcano experience. You don't. Where does those expectations and concepts come from? Right. right? We've got to realize that we're coming out of Pentecost a long time ago. But we need to make sure we fully shake it off. Right. <laughs> fully shake it off! Right? And allow yourself to have a word life. Right? Not just a, a word and a feelings life. Because feelings come and go. I, every day of my life, I know about your life, every day of my life I don't feel like a Christian. I don't feel like anointed. You know, I'm going to work today with my lunchbox and I feel anointed. No, I don't always feel anointed. We don't always need to feel anointed. Why? God, you did something in my heart and I believe your word. I'm thankful for that. Whenever you want to send a greater anointing, I'll receive it. And if there's going to be a revival, you'll always see a burden of prayer first. You'll see a burden of prayer and repentance before you see a big revival. Right? So, Lord, don't let me have false expectations. The, the certain kind of visions and dreams and aspirations that we can have in our mind, in our heart, are they, let them be chiseled by the Scripture. Amen. Let my salvation experience be chiseled by the Scripture. Let my rapture understanding be chiseled by the Scripture also. Hallelujah. The rapture is not going to happen until the dead saints rise first. So we need to be under expectation for the dead saints to rise. And Lord, continue to awaken that desire in us. And it has to happen. You know? And I'll jump to that in one sec. But one of my favorite, we'll close in about 5-10 minutes, okay? One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is when Abraham's talking to God about Sodom. If there's 50 righteous in Sodom, will you spare it? God says, yes. If there's 40, right? I love this, Abraham talking with God. <laughs> He's bartering with God. If there's 40, will you spare it? Yeah, if there's 40, I'll spare it. If there's 10, will you spare it? And then God says, shall not the judge of all the earth do right? I love that. Talking about the characteristics of God. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Hallelujah, he shall do right. All the elect will be in. So when the time comes, you know, say the door. Oh no, they'll close the doors. Praise God. I don't want to be here forever. You know, I'm I'm happy for, you know, what God's doing in my life. But I don't always want to keep getting, you know, Oh, here's some more mail from Visa, you know. <laughs> you know, i got to fix the tire on my car. I don't want to, you know, I'm happy for these things, but I'd rather be, you know, new body, <laughs> not wrestling against Satan, right? You know, as good as, you know, this life can get, it's still like, this is still like, you know, stinky fallen life, right? Where I'm, you know, I want to I wanna go on. So when the time comes when these doors shut, I'm not going to cry. I'm going to be like, glory to God. <laughs> it's, it's almost, it's getting closer, that should be our heart, you know, like, Lord, help us preserve church. <laughs> no, we're not going to be here forever. I don't want to be here forever. I seek a, a city whose builder and maker is God. I don't want to lose that Abraham vision. No, I'm walking with you, and wherever you lead, I want to follow. I'm not trying to, you know, like I preached before, you know, build my little bunker here, build my little sanctuary, build my little millennium here. You know, the Morton family, yeah, we're going to build a tribe of the Mortons. You know, Lord, when it's time to go, I want to go. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Hallelujah. He shall do right. So we need to be under expectation also for the dead saints to rise. And I don't know how that's all going to work. You know, And I, 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 in Victoria I mentioned, and sorry about this, but the other day someone, they were at a or something, and they, they, thought, they thought, they saw my, someone who looked like my father-in-law with this <laughs> Sorry, but I don't know, I don't know if the sleeping saints will go to a w right? But, they saw somebody who looked like my father-in-law, okay? And it just, it just helps create the expectation that someday that has to happen. Someday that has to happen. We preach about it, we preach about it, we, li- we think about it, we think about it. It's going to happen. That's, that's scriptural expectation, right? And the, this God concluding this story on earth, it has to happen. And we don't need to always, you know, there's, sorry, sorry to mention this, but there are going to be some young people in the message who don't get married. <laughs> sorry, you know, I know, you know. <laughs> but I don't believe we'll be on the other side for eternity, being like, man, I wish I got married, you know. You, I don't think it will even, even cross our mind. It won't be a worry. And it, it's fine to have that desire now, but don't rush into a marriage just to beat the rapture. You end up with the wrong one, it's like, oh. Like, I think, like, in 1977, there was lots of weddings and lots of marriages and so forth, right? Because people have their kind of ex- expectation of this is going to happen. But be scriptural and don't get into something so serious so foolishly, right? Something that, something that are so serious is like, Lord, it's better to be to waiting, be patient, right? It's a famous quote, whatever. It's better, to be, it's better to be single wishing you were married than married wishing you were single. Right? It's like, Lord, just let me walk with you. Yeah. You know, enjoy being single. Sorry to get into this. I don't know. I know you had Friday night youth meeting on relationships and so forth. I was almost going to preach tonight on romance and the third exodus. <laughs> <laughs> I had the notes started here. I was on the ferry over. I said, not tonight. <laughs> but enjoy being single. If God has called you in a season of being single, enjoy it. When it's time to not be single, then it's time to not be single. But enjoy it. Like, apply yourself to the word. Apply yourself to life. Amen. If God's called you to go to school, go to university, go to school, go to university. Amen. Get it done. Amen. Right? Just whatever, whatever season God has you in, walk with him in that season. Amen. Every season's going to have trials. Amen. Being single is not a mass, it feels like it, it's not a massive trial. Oh, no, I'm single. You know, it's not that bad. <laughs> Marriage is wonderful, absolutely, right? But just whatever season you're in, walk with him, enjoy it, love him. So Lord, I appreciate you. Amen. He he deserves adoration. Like I said, that's partly why I wanted to speak on romance in the Third Exodus, like Song of Solomon. You ever wonder, like, how did that book get in the Bible? Right? You have creation, wars. History, wisdom, the Song of Solomon. It's this very strange book, but God desires love. God desires adoration. God desires affection. Hallelujah. And some of us are naturally more affectionate than others. Absolutely. But in whatever capability God made us in, we can still give him affection. Adoration. Amen. Amen. Even some of us, we're not very exuberant. We're not very loud, but... God still receives affection from even the most dry person. Even if it's just like you're like died in the world German-German. I'm half German, you know. It's like, Lord, I I love you. God receives that. If that's the best you can do, God receives that. He'll receive anything. Any form of adoration he loves. If you're you're old enough, (laughs) read the Song of Solomon one time. Just the, the passion that God desires. But just in simplicity too. When you're at work and when you're at school, when you're at home, with your kids, our kids need affection, adoration, love, and attention, right? I know this world is so busy, but our kids need us. If there's ever an age where kids need their parents, it's this age, and if there's ever an age where parents are going to be taken away from the kids, it's this age also. So we need to pay extra special attention to our children, hallelujah, Life, life is a burden, whether finances or whatever, drama that we get involved with, but our kids need us. Amen? Just, just to be around them and to color with them. <laughs> right? To kick a ball with them. I know that's so simple, but it's in the, God is hidden and revealed in simplicity. It's those little things that will make a big difference in our lives. Hallelujah. So let our expectations be scriptural. Maybe the musicians can come. And don't let me be dominated by human expectations. As I said before, you know, some people are, I think, uh, I can't remember what, what message it is. Maybe recognizing your day and its message, you know, the crying for revival, crying for revival, fast pray, fast pray, fast pray. But the Ram says they failed to recognize the awakening of the bride. Amen. We should find ourselves becoming more and more awake more and more alert. Less and less of that fog in us. More and more clearly to understand the word. More and more clearly able to see him in our lives. Amen? And to appreciate him. And Lord, I trust you. Whatever you bring by my way, Lord, I trust you. Let's just have a word of prayer and then maybe we'll we'll sing it in Christ alone after that, Brother Ryan. Heavenly Father, we love you. Lord Jesus, we're so thankful that you love us. You've given us an ability to love you, Lord Jesus. I just pray you'd help everyone. Let our expectations, Father, not just be human, but Lord, let them be shaped. Let them be chiseled by the word of God, by the message. Lord, you've given us so much, as the word says, everything that pertains to life and to godliness, Father. So I just pray you help us all now. Just want to worship you a little bit. Sing a few songs, Lord. May just come and let that incense from our heart, Lord, let it be sweet-smelling to you. Lord, if it's been a stench, Lord and a, Lord, we all we go through hard times, and You see us, Father. Some are going through such such trials, Lord, and it can be so hard sometimes. But even now, Father, let faith rise from the hearts, let adoration, Lord, let a casting of their cares upon You, for You careth for us, Father. We give ourselves to You in Jesus' name, Amen. If you don't mind, do you want to stand with me, and we'll sing this in Christ Alone? Will Ryan help me? i I want to read to you just became really real to me and uh, Jonathan Frank shared it with me in Belgium but that verse reminded me no guilt in life okay Colossians chapter 1 says and having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself by him I say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven and you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your minds by wicked works wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. Hallelujah. I believe this. I believe believers believe this. But Lord, make it more real in our lives. Look at that. Through, this is through what he did on the cross. In the body of his flesh through death to present you holy. Through what he did to present you holy. (laughs) Hallelujah. Through what he did, not through what you and I did. Holy, unblameable, unreprovable in his sight. Hallelujah. How do you view yourself? Hallelujah. Let's view the way he sees us through what he did. Amen. Let's stop presenting ourselves to God. What he did. One more time. You can go read Colossians 1 this week if you want in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy, unblameable, unreprovable in his sight. Oh, glory! To think what God has done for us. We can walk out these doors and you can be guiltless. Hallelujah! Through what he did at Calvary. Oh, the price that he paid at Calvary for you and I. Glory to God! We don't got to live tormented by our memory, or with so many regrets of thing that we did. Whenever our memories, whenever our regrets come up, I just point to Calvary. Amen through that, through the body of His flesh, God, I can be holy, unblameable, unreprovable. And then I can expect to live a free life. <laughs> oh my, but if I'm always caring about myself and my works, I can expect to live a weighted-down life. Oh my, Colossians 1. I, maybe you can rejoice in that uh, this week a little bit. To think what God has done for us. Hallelujah, Brother Clarence. To think what God has done for us. It's not about what we're doing. It's about what he's done for us. Hallelujah. And he gives us power to live an overcoming life. Can we sing one more song together? Do you mind? Uh, song 492. I, I call it I Will Hasten, but it's I Am Resolved. Do you know one, Brother Ryan? Time for us to go face the week. Praise (laughs) the Lord. You excited? (laughs) You know, tomorrow work and we have school, but Lord's able to do something for us. Amen. He promised to be with us, and I'm so happy for that. You know, we don't realize sometimes what a privilege it is to know that He's with us. Maybe, Jonathan Frey, do you want to come close in prayer? And then may you have a wonderful week, everybody. Amen. Don't complain about the heat. (laughs) Thanks, Jonathan. Amen, let's bow our heads.
1: Heavenly Father, we're thankful for the word we've heard today. It's been so powerful, Lord. It spoke straight to our hearts, Lord Jesus. It's truly it is spiritual food in due season, Lord. Lord, we can just look around the room and we can see God moving in each and every life. We can see you moving throughout our assembly, Lord, and we're so thankful for that, Lord, that your word is alive, Lord Jesus, that your word is true, Lord, and that we can stand on your word, Lord, and we can go and face the world, and we can face trials, Lord, standing on your word and claiming the promises that you've given to us, Lord. Lord, how I think of the song that we was just singing, Lord. No power of hell can, can pluck us from your hand, Lord. Lord, your prophet Isaiah said, no weapon formed against you will prosper, Lord. And we can go, Lord, forward into the week, Lord Jesus. And we can face the world, Lord, knowing that no weapon formed against us will prosper. Lord, that we can come into your house once again in the middle of the week, Lord. We can look forward to being with you, Lord Jesus. We can look forward to communion with you, O God. Every day, Lord Jesus, it's a new day, Lord, a new day to serve you, Lord Jesus, and we're thankful for that, oh God. Would you be with us now, Lord? Bless Brother Kyle, Lord. Bless his life, Lord Jesus, his family, Lord, how they've traveled out here, Lord. Give them traveling mercies back to the island, Lord Jesus. Bless the work in Victoria, oh God. Jesus, we love you, Lord. We're so thankful for your word, Lord Jesus in this age, O oh God, how we need it, Lord Jesus. We need your word, Lord, to keep us, Lord, to keep us holy, O oh God, to keep us pure, Lord Jesus, to give us strength, Lord Jesus. We're so thankful, O oh God. Be with us now as we go to our homes, Lord. May we take this presence with you and keep you in our hearts, Lord, keep you in our homes, Lord Jesus, for decisions that may be made, O oh God. May we keep you at the center of our life, Lord. Be with every soul now. In your name we pray, in the name of the Lord Jesus
0: Christ. Amen. God bless you richly. I trust that you have a, a wonderful week, and if you can, just try and take some time, you know, to turn off certain parts of your brain during the week. Take time not to think about finances, not to think about this, not to think about that, just to think about the Lord. Amen. It's so sweet. You just give yourself time to let the Lord speak to you. Just lay aside sometimes your health, your wealth, or lack thereof. Just, Lord, I love you. I'm going to take some time here, and I'm not going to think about all these things I keep thinking about. I just want to think about you. (laughs) Hallelujah. I'm not going to think about my back, or I'm not going to think about my flat tire. I'm just going to think about you, Lord. And you won't regret it. Amen. So God bless you. You can shake hands if you want, and have a wonderful week.
2: You leave. We just got this one announcement we would like to make regarding the Wednesday night uh, business meeting that we'll be having. It's for the local assembly. So those that are visitors here that are taking their summer holidays, it's an, it's an evening for the local church so you wouldn't be bothered with these, um, these uh, financial matters. So it's for the local assembly only and it will not be streamed. So it, that means you should be here. That's good. And if you're at work or something like that, they're going to record it, of course, and then you'll have a chance to hear it on your own time. So that's our final announcement. God bless you. Remember one service next Sunday. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. God bless.